0: Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 1 And thou, Son of man, take to thee a brick, and thou hast put it before thee, and hast graven on it a city, Jerusalem. The Lord makes prophets enact out the prophecy, because that way the people can watch what the prophet is doing, and it becomes a visual word picture of a prophecy. And that also alerts the people to ask questions and ask the prophet what he's acting out. So whenever a prophet starts acting weird or doing something unusual, the people will gather around him and say, what does this mean? And they'll ask the prophet to explain to them what he's acting out. You never see this today with prophets on the internet. They don't act anything out because they're not being led by the Lord. The Lord always makes word pictures or parables for his people. The Lord is telling Ezekiel to act out the coming siege of Jerusalem. We had read about the siege of Jerusalem in Jeremiah recently. But now we have gone back in time because Ezekiel was in the second wave of captives that were taken out of Jerusalem by the Chaldeans. So Ezekiel was captured by the Chaldeans before Jeremiah started prophesying in Jerusalem and before the siege. The Bible has stepped back in time a little bit, so now it's back to before the siege happened, and the captives who were in the land of the Chaldeans didn't know the siege was going to happen except by Ezekiel's prophecy, because they didn't have any contact with Jeremiah since Jeremiah was still in the territory. Of Benjamin at that time. And the Lord tells Ezekiel first to take an ordinary brick and carve on it the name Jerusalem. And that way, whenever people look at him and what he's acting out, they'll know that that brick represents Jerusalem, the city that they came from. Two, and hast placed against it a siege and builded against it a fortification and poured out against it a mount, and placed against it camps, yea, set thou against it battering rams round about. The Lord is telling Ezekiel to make a miniature model of Jerusalem under the siege. He wants the brick to represent the city, and then he wants Ezekiel to make a little kid-sized or play-sized model of the siege mounts, which are mountains that go up to the top of the wall of Jerusalem. And he also wants Ezekiel to make little models of the campsites of the Babylonians and the Chaldeans out around this brick. It's kind of like when a man has a train set, But the Lord has told Ezekiel to have a little set that looks like Jerusalem under siege. And the Lord also has Ezekiel set up battering rams. So Ezekiel is probably going to use sticks, dirt, mud, and maybe some other objects that he can get a hold of to represent all of this. And when people come and look at it, they'll be able to see visually that it represents Jerusalem under siege. If Jerusalem is the size of a brick that gives you a good scope of how big this whole display is going to be. It's probably not going to be bigger than maybe four by six feet if you include the camping armies around. 3. And thou, take to thee an iron pan, and thou hast made it a wall of iron, between thee and the city, and thou hast prepared thy face against it. And it hath been in a siege, yea, thou hast laid siege against it, a sign it is to the house of Israel. The Lord tells Ezekiel to lay down on his side, near the brick that represents the city, and put an iron frying pan in between himself and the city. They did have frying pans back then because they did make a pan-fried bread. They also made pancakes. This is one of the pans that they would have used to fry bread, but the Lord is using it to represent a barrier between himself and the city of Jerusalem. It shows that the Lord isn't going to answer their prayers during this siege. 4. And thou lie on thy side, and thou hast placed the iniquity of the house of Israel on it. The number of the days that thou liest on it, thou bearest their iniquity. 5. And I, I have laid on thee the years of their iniquity, the number of days three hundred and ninety days, and thou hast borne the iniquity of the house of Israel. Each of these days represents a year that Israel lived in sin and practiced paganism, which means Israel was practicing paganism for three hundred and ninety years before the siege. It shows you how merciful the Lord is, Yes, he destroyed Jerusalem, but that was after 390 years of belligerent idol sacrifice, child sacrifice, prostitution, fornication, adultery, animal rape, and all kinds of other horrors that these people were doing against the Lord. He is so merciful and patient that he would wait that long before punishing them. He tells Ezekiel that Ezekiel has to lie on his own side for 390 days. That's a little over a year. Some scholars think that Ezekiel didn't lie on his side 24-7. Back then, people did eat on their sides, so he wouldn't have had to get up to eat. And at this time, his wife was still alive, so I theorize that she's the one who prepared his food and brought it to him. I do think that Ezekiel probably stayed on his side as much as was humanly possible, aside from having to go to the bathroom and maybe bathe or something like that. Even though it seems impossible that a person could live that long on their side, the Lord would enable Ezekiel to do whatever he wanted Ezekiel to do. And I think there is further explanation in this chapter to explain how Ezekiel was able to stay on his side nearly that whole time. 6. And thou hast completed these, and hast lain on thy right side a second time, and hast borne the iniquity of the house of Judah forty days, a day for a year, a day for a year I have appointed to thee. After Ezekiel lays on his left side for three hundred and ninety days, then he's supposed to switch over and lay on his right side facing the city for 40 days. And the 40 days is going to represent 40 years of paganism in the territory of Judah. All of these years are not successive because there were intermittent kings that worshiped the Lord and did not allow paganism during their reign. These days do not represent successive years of sin. Just the total years of sin. And Judah sinned less than Israel, because Judah had more kings that loved the Lord than Israel did. Israel didn't have any kings that loved the Lord. Israel is the 10 tribes that rebelled against the kingdom of Judah and the Lord, and they set up their own king, which they should not have done. And Judah maintained its own kingship that was given to it by the Lord. It had a king over Judah and the tribe of Levi. I believe that the reason Ezekiel lies on his left side during the 390 days that represent the sin of Israel is because Israel did not have the appointed king. So he's lying on his left, showing less deference to Israel. And then when he lies on his right side, That's because that's for the kingdom of Judah, which was the truly appointed kingdom. So that's why he's lying on his right side, because the right side is the side that represents inheritance. 7. And unto the siege of Jerusalem thou dost prepare thy face, and thine arm is uncovered, and thou hast prophesied concerning it. An uncovered arm is an arm of war. When Ezekiel lies on his side and faces this block that has the name Jerusalem on it, he's going to prophesy against the city of Jerusalem, and he's going to point at it with his fighting arm, because the Lord is going to fight against Jerusalem. 8. And lo, I have put on thee thick bands, and thou dost not turn from side to side till thy completing the days of thy siege. This shows right here that Ezekiel was not allowed to get up, probably at least for all day, at the very least. The Lord himself is tying Ezekiel down so that he cannot get up. I really believe that perhaps he even had to go to the bathroom there and his wife helped him clean up. There are other clues in the chapter that Ezekiel did stay on his side for the fully appointed time. And yeah, that would give you serious bed sores, but prophets are called to suffer. Also, there is evidence in this chapter that Ezekiel would have lost a lot of weight during this time as well. 9. And thou, take to thee wheat and barley and beans and lentils and millet and spelt, and thou hast put them in one vessel, and made them to thee for bread, the number of the days that thou art lying on thy side, three hundred and ninety days thou dost eat it. This is what today people call Ezekiel bread, and it was a specific fast that the Lord told Ezekiel to take. He was only allowed during the whole four hundred and thirty days, he was only allowed to eat this bread. It's a very severe fast, and it consists of Lentils, beans, and grains. He's only allowed to drink a little bit of water with it. His wife was still alive at this time. She will die later in the book of Ezekiel, but right now she's still alive. So I believe that she's the one who prepared the bread and served it to him while he was tied up. And she may have also helped him go to the bathroom while he was tied up. When you're in a hospital bed, you have to go to the bathroom lying down. So it's possible to go to the bathroom lying down. And this bread has a whole lot of fiber in it, in case you haven't noticed. If you eat fiber and you're relatively healthy and you drink enough water with it, you will be able to poop even if you don't exercise that much. Not only does this bread recipe represent the kind of food that they would have to eat during a siege, Because they wouldn't have meat, they wouldn't have eggs, or milk, or fruit, or vegetables. All they would have is whatever dry grains are laying around the city. All of the fresh food is going to go really fast. Then you're just going to be left with grains for a long period of time. This bread does represent siege food. But on top of that, it's also the kind of food that you could possibly digest when you're bedridden which is kind of what Ezekiel is going to be, except that he's going to be on the ground. 10. And thy food that thou dost eat is by weight. 20 shekels daily, from time to time, thou dost eat it. Here's another clue that Ezekiel was on his side. The Lord said that he had to eat from time to time. He couldn't have three full, regular meals a day. The fact that the Lord says to eat from time to time, meaning just take a couple of bites here and there, and drink from time to time. That's probably all your digestive system could handle if you're laying on your side and you're not getting any movement. So again, I think that this is more evidence that he really was on his side, just like the Bible says, and that God didn't tie him up for nothing. It also represents a siege because you never know when your next meal is coming, and when you do eat, you don't get to eat very much, you eat in short little rations. 11. And water by measure thou dost drink, a sixth part of the hen, from time to time thou dost drink. It's about a pint of water a day, this fast. It's going to shut down Ezekiel's digestive tract very severely, but allow him to still get some sort of nourishment and stay alive. He's definitely going to lose a lot of weight, because if all you eat is a cup of bread a day, you're going to lose weight. The fact that Ezekiel is going to start getting really skinny throughout the year will also be an enactment of the siege of Jerusalem. 12 A barley cake, thou dost eat it, and it with dung, the filth of man, thou dost bake before their eyes. The Lord says that the bread he eats has to be baked with human poop as the fuel, so the poop won't be mixed into the bread but he's going to use poop as if you would use coal or wood. This also is going to enact the siege because when these people are in Jerusalem, they're going to run out of wood and whatever they were using for their ovens, and they're going to be left with burning their own poop to cook their food. And that's what the Lord is showing the refugees where Ezekiel is. He wants to show them how desperate and horrible this siege is going to be. 13. And Jehovah saith, Thus do the sons of Israel eat their defiled bread among the nations, whither I drive them. The Lord wants Ezekiel to eat unclean food to show what the people in Jerusalem during the siege are going to have to eat. People without faith would say, well, that was so mean of God to treat Ezekiel that way because Ezekiel was honoring him and obeying his laws. But again, prophets are always called to suffer. Does the prophet that you've heard on the internet suffer, or does he wear a gold watch and drive a luxury car and ride around on a jet all over the world? If he isn't suffering, he's no prophet. Jesus is the greatest prophet who ever lived. He suffered because he told us to repent. The prophet can't be a hypocrite. If somebody is going to tell you to repent, that person has to be willing to go the extra mile to help you understand the reality of hell, and that repentance is imperative for salvation. So that person can't live a hypocritical life. Since Ezekiel was going to warn people of the siege, he had to live part of it, and that way he wouldn't be a hypocrite wagging a finger. Jesus wasn't a hypocrite either, because Jesus suffered in every possible way that a human being can suffer, and yet he still obeyed the Father. If Jesus had lived an awesome, comfortable, posh life, then all of his commandments to obey the Father would have fallen on deaf ears, and to this day, nobody would have faith in Jesus. Because it's really easy to tell people to obey when you're getting pampered and and treated really well while you're saying it. But Prophets always suffer and they always have to pay the price for those who they preach to. Because that's the kind of God we have. Our own God suffered and paid the price to tell us the way to salvation, and to open up the way to salvation for us. Our God is no hypocrite. 14 And I say, Ah, Lord Jehovah, lo, my soul is not defiled, and carcass, and torn thing I have not eaten from my youth, even until now, nor come into my mouth hath abominable flesh. This shows you the heart of Ezekiel, because he doesn't complain because he's going to get tied up on the ground and not be able to move for over a year. It'll actually be fourteen months by the time he's allowed to get up and walk around. He doesn't complain about that. He doesn't complain that he's going to be on a starvation diet and he isn't going to taste meat or vegetable or fruit or milk for over a year. He doesn't complain about that either. He doesn't complain until the Lord tells him that he'll have to eat defiled food because he believes that this is a sin. He's pleading with the Lord to let him keep some degree of physical purity in his life. And it shows you how loving Ezekiel was himself, he was willing to suffer excruciating pain, lying on his side with very little to eat, and getting bed sores, and probably back sores, and leg aches, and everything, but he just didn't want to be unclean. 15. And he saith unto me, See, I have given to thee bullock's dung, instead of man's dung, and thou hast made thy bread by it. Because the Lord's friends with Ezekiel, He says, Okay, I'll meet you halfway. You don't have to cook your bread with human poop to light the fire. You can light the fire with cow patties. 16. And he saith unto me, Son of man, Lo, I am breaking the staff of bread in Jerusalem, and they have eaten bread by weight, and with fear, and water by measure, and with astonishment they do drink. Astonishment means surprise, they are going to be so shocked that they are under siege, and that they don't know when their next meal is coming, and they don't know if they are going to live through the night, and they are going to eat in terror. And this is how Ezekiel will feel when he's eating, because he will be counting the days, Lord, I can't wait to get up and walk again and eat good food again, but he will be in agony counting the days until his time of laying on his side comes to an end. 17 So that they lack bread and water, and have been astonished one with another, and been consumed in their iniquity. Remember our God is a consuming fire, and he'll either consume us in his everlasting love, or he'll consume us in his everlasting wrath. And it's our choice how we want to be consumed, either we'll be his friend and obey him, or will rebel against him, and then it will be very sad for us on Judgment Day. And that concludes Ezekiel chapter 4.